Welcome to the Shoulda Backed It podcast. The cream rose to the top on the first day of the championships in Sydney. Nature Strip was dominant in picking up his third straight TJ. Star three-year-old Hitotsu claimed the rare Victorian Australian derby double. And Boom Philly, Fireburn, broke the slipper curse to easily take out the English sires. I'm Phil Georgios, and to talk through all this weekend's racing action, I'm joined by News Corp racing editor Chris Vinicio. Good to see you again, Big V, after a couple of weeks uh, on the sidelines. Uh, thankfully, we got some racing in Sydney this week. Hello, Phil. Yeah, it was good to see some racing on Saturday. I thought there might have been a chance it got called off because it was a lot of rain predicted and it came up a heavy nine to start the day. So, you know, good start to the day. Yeah, and as I said off the top there, we actually had the really good horses winning as well. So I don't think too many horses had excuses yesterday. Uh, obviously, the heavy track won't have helped many, but we certainly saw the best horses rise to the top, as I said. Yeah, and I'm still kicking myself. We're recording this Sunday evening, and I was I had the mindset that I would, it was going to be a big risk on the heavy track at Randwick because I thought it was going to be like a heavy 15, the way the forecast was going to be. So to start on a heavy 9... I was I was surprised by that. I was thought there'd be more rain, and I just had the mentality I'm going to have a look at Bendigo and the way the track played there. I wasn't happy with how Bendigo played. The only bet I did have at Randwick was Fireburn because you know it did have that heavy track form. But I reckon I missed out on a few winners because I just put myself not in the right frame to to have a bet at Randwick. Well, I reckon Big V, no one looks at the forecast more closely than you. I reckon seven days out, you're sort of monitoring and doing a bit of Jane Bunn's work for her. But we might start straight away with our backed it and sacked it for the week, mate. What are yours? Well, I'm going to go with Hitotsu in the derby and might be a bit of a surprise, but if it was a good track, I would have been all over him and he would have been a maybe... His price would have started with the two at final field if we were on a good track, even a soft track. But heavy nine, heavy ten, I just... I thought it might be a bit of a risk. We're not too sure, and he's ended up paying, getting a top price of three seventy, and I think his starting price was three thirty. So he wasn't really that heavily backed. I I thought, but and I was sort of having on good terms with myself when I saw Bernard pass him at the four hundred. I thought, yeah, the wet track is gonna gonna beat the Totsu, but there was a, a good fight back. Surely it's Benno, by the way, mate, not Bernard. Benno, Benno, I thought I said Benno. Benard, Close enough, mate. Yeah, anyway, um, well, that's fair enough. And look, you'll be pleased to know, mate, that I did manage to get on myself, so I'll buy you one of your favourite drinks, an espresso martini, next time we're out. But what was your sack tip for the weekend? I'm going to go with Cardigan Queen at Bendigo. And I anticipated that she would go back from Barrier 11, which happened, which, which she did, but... She jumped well and couldn't get into a spot, was posted three wide, it was a messy tempo, it just never gave her a chance and and I think I should have got on Gundek who had the better the map position and so I made a, a bit of an error with Cardigan Queen, knowing that she was gonna get back from the barrier and have a have a tough ask ahead of her. But I think I think she's also your sacked at for the weekend. Yeah, she is. And I don't think I have much more to add than that, Big V. I think I got a bit seduced by its run at Flemington in the previous start, but uh, where they did sort of clear clear the running to third there in, in that particular occasion. But yeah, just didn't didn't really do anything. Sort of loomed yeah. to, to kick and, and run on, but just sort of plotted away. And I think soundly beaten in the end. 
And I have to ask you, I haven't asked you about your should have backed it for the week, and who, who did you miss out on? I'm going to go straight to the TJ, mate. We'll talk about the TJ now um, with Nature Strip. How could you How could you not have backed that horse? It was absolutely prime for that TJ. We've seen this pattern before with Nature Strip uh, in how it goes through its preps, and we knew it would be absolutely ready to go for the for the for the main event for the grand final. But I was again, you know, we, you know, I like Shelby 66, and I, I had to get on just for. Just for the fun of it, and you know, it has been a good horse to me this prep. So, just steered clear of Nature Strip, and but in hindsight, obviously a much better horse. I did say Shelby wouldn't get within five lengths of Nature oh, Strip in the team. I was going to let you have that too, Big V. I had a look before the podcast. I think six and a half lengths, or just more than that, uh, was was the margin between uh, Nature Strip and Shelby. But I would note Shelby, uh, as you pointed out to me, has pulled up lame as well. Yeah, three out of five lame. So bit serious and do we have the the replay of my uh my comment from a couple of podcasts ago we should, no, I we think, should play that i think that's deep in a podcast somewhere i couldn't find it but anyway with nature strip as you mentioned pete third up that's what he's done in his last couple of preparations i thought his second up run was a bit softer than what he'd produced in previous campaigns so i thought he was probably a bit tight in the market Last year, last year when he won his second TJ and won the Everest, I thought there was enough in his second up run to say, yeah, we've got to back him next start. And I thought Eduardo might have given him more of a challenge in the TJ. And I'm surprised that Eduardo handed up the lead too easily to Nature Strip. Did you have the same thinking? Yeah, I did, although I must admit I wasn't watching that part of the field on first watch anyway, Big V. But, yeah, Eduardo's probably done its best when it's challenged Nature yeah. Strip at the start of those races and, and made Nature Strip work for the lead. But once... It sat up and was, you know, racing comfortably. Certainly over the 1,200 has the wood over Eduardo. Yeah, and the start before, Eduardo did lead so and, and beat Nature Strip and really gassed him out. And so, yeah, I was surprised there. I thought also, going back to the lightning stakes, I, I was expecting Eduardo to lead as well, particularly when Nature Strip missed the start. So I think some missed opportunities with Eduardo. But with him, he's seemed he sort of peaked in that, second up run when he's beaten nature strip and and then had probably not had much left going into the grand final whereas nature strip has shown he's a grand final horse and has been trained to be a grand final horse yeah that's probably right big v and you know it's still picking up some pretty good wins eduardo i think they've now faced each other 10 times and it's six for nature strips waves so we talk about Nature Strip being probably the best sprinter in the world, or at least that's what we say in Australia here. So it's still going pretty well against that. And not much more to add from the TJ. I mean, Nature Strip was just in a race of his own. Pulele, Bellucci Babe and Overpass, yeah, they've run pretty solid. Mask Crusader was the big disappointment. He was well-backed. And I just think the, the one issue or concern with Mask Crusader is he's a lot better when he when he's ridden back and he's got that powerful finish, but he's starting to jump well out of the barriers and he's finding himself on the speed and getting pulled back and he looked like he was over racing. So, you know, I don't know, there's some question marks with Mask Crusader now. Like, you know, if you're gonna if his asset is his finish, you know you don't want him to be bombing the the start, but he's just jumping so well now. Whether you know they changed the way he, he trains now, you know, so he can settle a bit more closer and not over race and still have that finish on him so i just think he's going for a spell now so yeah i just think there's a you know a few question marks with him yeah i think that's probably the case and we also saw the the new zealand raider there the new market winner rock and horse uh come in 
come in at the back end of the field as well. So I guess there was a few good runs. Obviously, Nature Strip winning by three and a half lengths, clearly the best. And that horse we mentioned last week, and you just mentioned Overpass, I, I thought that was a really good run as well, as you as you pointed out, and has really gone to another level, I think, uh, certainly in this prep. But we might move along now, mate, to the English Sires. Um, obviously, uh, an exceptionally good win there by the Boom Philly Fireburn. Uh, what did you make of the race, mate, and can she do the treble? Yeah, I think she's a big chance of doing it, even though she's extreme, did cut the margin between her and Fireburn. Uh, let me just see where to start with, uh, first of all, with Fireburn. I just think that she just had too much class on the, the second horse. She's extreme. Yeah, she was on the inside. I think that's the inferior part of the track. But uh, because she was much better than the opposition, you know, Brenton Abdallah was able to just cut the inside and she was just too good. She's extreme, well ridden by Tommy Berry, you know, settled second in the run. That was great, good intent by him. And, and I think that was the way that they were going to try and beat Fireburn. We knew that Fireburn was going to be back in the run and just settle where she was comfortable. And, you know, they decided with She's Extreme to try and get that map advantage. And it looked like at the 300 where, you know, she might have been able to pinch the race, but Fireburn was just too good. And they really did gap the rest of the field, those two horses. And there was a point in the race... Big V that she's extreme did look the winner, as you pointed out. But G Fireburn has an absolutely scintillating a turn of speed yeah. when it wants to. And, and and a swimmer as well. And I I jumped on at two fifty earlier. Oh, I jumped on at two fifty a couple of days out and then she's been backed into two dollars, a dollar ninety five, and I was a bit surprised to see her ease back out to two fifty close to the jump or you know 245 250 price and that was because of the the money that came for she's extreme so the market nearly got it right with the second horse and fireburn 250 ended up being a good price for her our big v the next horse race we want to look at is of course the race you mentioned off the top with hitotsu uh winning the australian derby and doing the double as we mentioned you weren't on hitotsu and you, you mentioned benno and allegra on there as well uh, what did you make of that race? And, you know, Hitotsu really is sky's the limit for that horse now. Yeah, he's won two derbies in the space of three runs, so he's been lightly raced and great stay. I think he's a better horse on a good track, obviously, and if we did get a good track, I think he would have just put this field away quite easily. But with, with, the, wet, with the wet weather, you know, Benno really did give him a race. And, and I thought that, you know, Hitotsu made that sweeping run into the home straight and I just thought that that might have he might have peaked on his run Benno was able to save a bit of ground but then track Hitotsu into the straight and pass him at the 250 and I thought it was race over but great fight by the winner to to lift himself up and hit the front back again at the 150 and powered away the top three just cleared the rest of the field not much more you can say from the horses finishing out of the placings it's something you want to see though in your real champion horses that fight though and that will to win so uh hitotsu certainly um delivered on that and i must say at about the 150 big v i thought there was going to be a three horse collision they're all sort of flying into each other and i was a little bit concerned with my money riding on hitotsu but uh being the meat and the sandwich in that yeah. particular one but yeah managed to push through and again show that fight yeah i think you sent a text after the race, whether there's, there was going to be a protest between third and 
second, but I think it was Al- it, it was Allegron that caused the interference. He's the one that really did drift off the rails and, and cause that bumping. So there was no issues between the, the first and second horses in any protest. Yeah, and I just, it was a, a first thing that came to my mind, Big V. I wasn't too worried about it, second, third versus second, but it just looked like Beno pushed Hotatsu into Allegro and may have caused it to sort of uh, lose a couple strides, but obviously no interference and no no claim was lodged at the end there. But um, one of the major group ones, of course, and, and a fantastic race, as it always is every year, is the Doncaster Mile. And, Gee, I didn't see that coming, mate. Mr. Brightside winning at about $25. No, and also on the heavy track, a bit of concerns with him as well, you know, whether he could handle it. But he did. All honours to the winner from the wide barrier. Craig Williams went forward three wide with cover, but in a at least he was in a, he was in a handy position, comfortably ridden, and was just too strong for I'm Thunderstruck, who also ran pretty well. I don't know whether I'm Thunderstruck's got that killer instinct or he, he he looked like he loomed to win and I thought he was going to be the winner but you know Mr. Brightside was just to just had a bit more acceleration in the end. Yeah, look Mr. Brightside I always think of it as being a really consistent horse that's you know capable at this level but gee I, I wouldn't have had it in my top 10 going into this race mate and there were some good runs in behind it thought Ice Bath put in another good performance after it probably didn't handle the, uh, the, the the better track there at Flemington in the All-Star Mile. Forbidden Love kept on really well. I think they set a pretty decent pace, so to hold on for fourth was, was quite good. And, yeah, a couple in behind that as well. But I, I'm thunderstruck. I think it's got the money in the bank, mate. It's, it's You know, it's had the big wins. Um, it does find trouble quite a lot. Didn't yesterday, but, yeah, it's one of those horses that you've got to take on trust a little bit. Yeah, I think maybe he's better on a good track as well. Although he did have a win on the heavy, but that's I think that was at sale. So you're looking at you know different level of opposition. But he, he's run well. You know, take nothing away from his performance. But I just think that this is it has been a little bit of a messy prep for him. You know, the first two runs of the campaign, you know, they were fitness runs for the All Star Mile. Probably didn't draw right in that race and. And then you've got a really heavy track in the Doncaster. So I think maybe on a good track, you know, maybe the result is different. Forbidden Love, I, I agree with you there. Maybe 1600 is her limit, but she kept fighting. I thought the horse that ran sixth, Banker's Choice, ran really well. And and I thought um, Inspirational Girl, even though she's finished 14, 14th, I thought her run was better than her finishing position. And Converge has finished third last. Pulled up with a slow recovery. Probably, probably peaked in the Randwick Guineas because he went backwards in the Rose Hill Guineas. And maybe they went the wrong race as the lead up to the Doncaster. Well, Big V, that is definitely a first. You pulled out a horse that ran 14th. As, um, I'm going to call it a horse to follow for you, Big V. Inspirational girl off the back of her 14th there in the Doncaster. But, yeah, I think... I think you can probably make a few excuses for some of those at the back. And I don't know what you thought, Big V, but I felt like you had to be kind of somewhere near the pace yesterday. Uh, I mean, we talked about Mars Crusader earlier and getting back, but there wasn't really many horses coming, flying down the outside, Chautauqua style. No, and I think also another horse that ran well was Cascadian. There was no chance second last in the run, you know, with the top weight. That That's a big effort. 
on the heavy track. So Cascadian's finished ninth. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It was tough to make up ground. And, you know, a couple of horses like Cascadian, Inspirational Girl, there were just no chance. And I, I was disappointed with how um, Kiss on All Four Cheeks finished up. You know, something might not have been right. Nothing in the stewards no. there. I felt yeah, no. I was surprised to see it run last, but didn't have any exposed form on no. that kind of conditions. And also, didn't run. I, th- I think the plan was to run last week, so gap between runs. Yeah, I would have preferred to to have seen Kiss on All Four Cheeks run on a good track. I don't. I don't. I didn't think the Doncaster was the right what right race for it. I would have. Well, I had it because I had it as a horse to follow, and I was. You, you like to see these horses go into a winnable race, and the Doncaster Mile might have been a, a stretch too far at this stage. Well, I'm glad you mentioned horses to follow there, Big V. Um, anything catch your eye at Bendigo? We've uh, done the Sydney races now, and there was a couple of really nice races there at Bendigo on a pretty unforgiving track, to be honest. But yeah, anything catch your eye there, mate? Maybe something in the Golden Mile. Oh, the Golden Mile. Yeah, I, I know who you're referring to, and. Yeah, you would have been on Cherry Tortoni, one of your favourites? Well, not one of my favourites, Big V, but I did have it as a horse to follow last week and I was, uh, yeah, just shut down completely when I did that and I was a little bit concerned that it would be in my sack file, but he definitely got the job done and, you know, maybe should have been in the the Doncaster instead. Yeah, probably so, but the track did play in his favour, I thought, at Bendigo. There was a lot of kickback and I was expecting front runners to be advantaged and and no really not so much so I was, I was a bit disappointed with how the Bendigo track raced and but a good performance by Cherry Tortoni it was his day good performance and also High Stranger ran well at second in the Golden Mile I the head scratcher for me was in the last race corner pocket and I was all over corner pocket I thought 320 was a very good price for him and yeah, I just pulled up with the slow recovery, so uh, that was disappointing. But had beaten Mr. Brightside twice this campaign, first up and in the blamey. And that's why uh, I was a bit perplexed by, you know, one horse gets beaten the benchmark 100 at Bendigo and the other one wins a Group <laughs> 1 Doncaster Mile, which is one of the hardest races to win. And I reckon that's probably a new segment we should bring in, the, the head scratcher, because that was, yeah, I was just... Uh, yeah, it was just a bit of a downer to the day after that race. Well, the players of the get-out stakes, mate, they would have been all over corner pocket, as you say. It uh, has the form over Mr. Brightside, who had just got the job done in the Doncaster, and I think ended up starting $2.50 corner pocket, and, yeah, gave absolutely nothing. So, yeah, we'll, we might have to just um, note that, Big V, the head-scratcher. We'll, we'll give the yeah. inaugural title to corner pocket, who... Uh, yeah, didn't didn't go particularly well, but I must say, Big V, when I saw the way the Bendigo track was playing, it wasn't a, a big day for me there. I must say, just had my cherry tortoni bet and ran away because yeah, it was couldn't didn't know where to look to be honest. No, I was expecting a, a better track out there, and yeah, as I, as I said at the top of the program, I should have stuck with Randwick, even though it was a heavy nine up there. I think the track played you know pretty well. All right, mate. Well, uh, that's a good wrap of the Bendigo and the Randwick card. But mate, I want to hear your three, two, one top winners of the week, just straight up. In our last podcast, I just want to clarify. I think I, I did slaughter the the three, two, one last start. Uh, I was confused. Last last podcast that we did, and 
To clarify, I'm going to base <laughs> it on a first, second, third basis. So Olympic, first, Olympic first medal on the podium, style, yeah. gold, silver, bronze. So first on the podium is the best performance of the day. So starting with third, I've putting in Fireburn, inferior ground, too classy for her opposition. In second spot, Nature Strip. I know he's bolted in and the race was over at the 400, but I just think he had that race under control a long way from home. But first spot goes to Hitotsu for the fight back that he showed when he was headed at the top of the straight by Benno. So that's my 3-2-1. And, uh, yeah, thanks for asking my, my 3-2-1. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I thought because this was my uh, segment, I thought it was only for me. But sorry, no, no, I'll, I'll ask you mine your, as well. Three, two, one. Yeah. I actually managed to leave Hitotsu out of that as well, Big V. But I had Mr. Brightside with my bronze medal, uh, you know, Winning the Doncaster's no mean feat. It's um, one of Australia's premier handicaps. Uh, Fireburn, yeah, for the same reasons you outlined, two for me. And I did have Nature Strip number one. The way it just absolutely dominated that field. Um, yep, it uh, was very was 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 phenomenal to be honest. And um, yeah, definitely deserved my top place, Big V. Have you changed that? I thought you were going to do Cherry Tortoni. You- Bit of self-interest. Oh, no, no, mate. You know, I had to, to take it very seriously, <laughs> given it's your segment, even though you didn't know I was part of it. But we'll move now to our horses to follow, Big V. And uh, what did you like out of the uh, out of the meetings? Yeah, there wasn't too many to come out because a lot of grand finals, a lot of horses that have already been announced, they're going for a spell. But I thought in the last race at Randwick, Zapateo, better performance. Maybe next start might be right for him. Gundek in the Bendigo Guineas. We we made Cardigan Queen our sacked horse, but Gundek won that race. Now he's going to probably go to Adelaide and two wins this prep now. So he's going well, and I think there'll be some nice races for him over the border to win. And Duchess of Dorset is worth looking at next start or having having another look. She was very unlucky. Nice one, Big V. And your horses to follow? Uh, So I went to the Australian Derby, and I did think Allegron's third was really meritorious. Uh, Stuck on really well in those tough conditions, as you mentioned. Uh, The three leaders gapped the rest of the field. I think there was something like eight lengths to fourth. So, look, I think those three horses are all going to be ones that are are worth taking a look at moving forward. And it was quite well supported on the day as well. I think it um, got got crunched a little bit um, just in the lead up to the race. So obviously had a few admirers as well. So Allegra on there. And the other one, of course, we have to double up on Cherry Tortoni, don't we, Big V? Next time, we're going to go again. Well, you can do so at your own at your own <laughs> risk. I think um, she's got the win. And, well, he's got the win. And, you know, maybe uh, you might be pushing it going back to back. But... I think if he goes to Adelaide, I think he did win a race around this time of year in South Australia. So maybe that might be the the right kind of opposition or level of opposition to take on. Absolutely, Big V. Now, we've got our questions for this week. Um, I have one for you, and it's going to be a nice lead on to our discussion around next week's races. But we've obviously got uh, the star filly there, Dewis, uh, who's you know, nominated for two of the main races, the Queen Elizabeth and the Sydney Cup. Which way do you think she should go? That is a tough question because I think she can win both races, the, the Queen Elizabeth and the Sydney Cup. And there is a well, some one argument that 
if she did go to the Sydney Cup and she did win that, it won't affect her rating too much mm. when she does attempt to, or if she goes on a Melbourne Cup path in the spring. Whereas if she beats the the best horses in the weight for age, Queen Elizabeth, you know, then that might have some bearing on her her rating and and what weight she might get for a Melbourne Cup should they decide to go there. So I think she can win both races, and I th- I'd be leaning towards the Sydney Cup. For that reason, if you're going to go to a Melbourne Cup in the spring, go to the Sydney Cup. I think she just wins that. It's certainly the more winnable race. And I think she's, we'll, we'll touch on this in a second, but $2.80 in the Sydney Cup market at the moment would likely start a lot shorter than that on the day if she does go that way. But yeah, uh, and obviously, yeah, the, the Queen Elizabeth there, very challenging race. So, um, and you've got a question for me as well there, Big V, or am I just, uh, am I the questioner? Yeah, I'm going to ask you, are you putting Mask Crusader in your sack file? Well, I didn't have it as much should have sacked it this week, Big V, because I didn't back it. But I've got to say, after its Everest run, which was phenomenal, uh, it's really done nothing. It's, it's shown nothing since then. I thought it was running on nicely in the new market, but as, as we know, it didn't really kick to the end. And... Yeah, given it's a get-back horse, gets into a lot of trouble and hasn't shown that same turn of speed in its last few runs, I'm happy to sack it for the moment. We have sacked it in the past, Big V. You recall it had a prep early on in its career that really didn't go to plan and then came out and dominated. But yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put the line through Mask Crusader for the moment at least. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think in the spring when, when she, or when he comes back, I think we want to see something and just, you know, just see him get back to somewhere near his best. Yeah, I think that might have been an autumn prep as well. Maybe it just doesn't like that time of year, Big V. But we'll now move to next week's big lineup of races. And we've already started a little bit of a conversation on it. But I wanted to look first at the big one, the Queen Elizabeth there. Um, I'll have a look at my market here, Big V. And I've, it's got Animo currently favourite uh, at around the $3.70 mark. Very elegant, 420 and Zaki, 420 Drewis, the, the horse we talked about. $5.50 and a horse that I think you don't mind as well, Montefilia there at tens. Yeah, this is going to be a great race and I like Jewess. I think if Jewess goes here, I think she can she can win this race as well. And some doubts with Animo pulled, had an elevated temperature over the weekend, so not ideal leading into a really outstanding race like this. But I think if Jewess goes there, I'm going to go with Jewess. Well, mate, just looking at this, and I, I hate to do this because I said I'd never go against Very Elegant again. I just think over 2,000 weight for age, Zaki's the horse that stands out for me. $4.20. We will recall, and I think we forget that it was a $2 favourite for the Cox Plate not too long ago. And, and you know, obviously never got to run in that event, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy at the $4.20 mark. It's interesting that James McDonald is sticking with Very Elegant, where he had the option to go to Zaki and, you know, Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it was interesting that James McDonald has decided to stick with Very Elegant, and I think uh, that's probably why that she's got her place at the top of top of the market. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, there was a lot of emotion around his win on uh, Nature Strip, having jumped off it earlier in the prep for Home Affairs. But anyway, we'll move on now to the Australian Oaks, um, which I think will be a, quite a challenging one to pick, Big V. Um Gypsy Goddess, current favourite at around the $4 mark. Hinge, who ran pretty well um, last start and has obviously had a couple wins this prep at $5. And I want to jump down to a horse I was on at Newcastle Fangirl at $8. Watch the replay of last start. Gypsy Goddess 
massive run. I'm with her. I'm going to stick with Fangirl. Hasn't done me wrong yet. And an $8, I'm happy to play with that. Be very wary. She is doubtful to run, so don't put your money on too early. Uh, no, I'll be waiting to the day, I think, Big V, but that's a very good point. What What's the doubt, just out of interest? I don't know, may not. Well, that's what she's listed on the TAB. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what she's listed as. So, yeah, I'll be very careful if you're looking at having an all-in bet. All right, well, we might have to look down to a bar greater than at 14s, if that's the case. Uh, Sydney Cup, if Drewis runs, $2.80 favourite, and obviously would start shorter than that. Um, if, if she doesn't run in this race, who have you got next? Couldn't tell you. This is... Just a very tough race. Yeah, take out Jewess. So it's I reckon it's just a, a dartboard type of race. Yeah, maybe you know, Crystal Pegasus looks the obvious, but it's a race where I really would have to look at the form and and dissect it properly. For me, mate, Stockman's particularly if it stays wet. Uh, I think it ran really well last start. I've off the back of its win. The, uh, the start prior so at $7.50 obviously if uh, Jewess came out of the market there'd be a adjustment to that price but I like to look at Stockman um, in the market without Jewess yeah that's a good yeah, good pick and for finally uh, we've got the Coolmore Legacy Stakes Big V current favourites equal favourites are Colette and Forbidden Love uh, off the back of its fourth in the Doncaster. Also, Ice Bath there at $6, and a horse that we had as one of ours to follow, Yonsei, there at 6 Yeah, this is a, another tough race. Maybe this is this is where Fangirl might go to, so maybe early pick Fangirl. There you go, mate. So you, you're not on it in the Oaks, but yeah, you'll jump on it in this one. But what distance is this race? I mean, this is a, a lot you know, different situation so i just noticed inspirational girls in the market too there mate i thought we wanted that yeah heavy track though i think inspirational girl would want a, a good track but i think early pick fangirl i think this is a big step up for you on say so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the the philly fair enough there big v well thanks for that big v uh, i think we've got a bit of a steer for next week's massive day second day of the championships there uh, in Sydney, and I think it'll be another great day, and hopefully the rain will, you know, stop up there. We might get a, a softer, even a, a good track. Yeah, let's hope so. It's uh, it was good racing on the weekend, and I think if we get the tracks drying out, I think we'll get even better racing and a lot more betting confidence. And where are we this week in Melbourne, mate? I think we're back at Caulfield. Back at Caulfield, you'll be heading down there, no doubt. Uh, might uh, I'll have a th- I'll have a think about it, but That's next a solid two weeks. No by the next, <laughs> next week, next two weeks in Caulfield. I was in, keen to go on the the Easter Saturday meeting, but you've uh, knocked me back. Oh, well, mate, you just have to. Uh, you know, you can still the, enjoy the day without me. You might even back a few winners if I'm not there to sort of you know ruin it for you. It, so yeah, it's not Greek Easter. The Greek Easter's late. I thought you'd be free. Oh, next I, week. I do back to back, mate. So you're not going to get two out of me. Anyway, that's all I've got time for on this week's Should Have Acted podcast. Thanks, Big V, uh, for another great podcast. Thanks to our listeners. And as always, good luck on the punt.